0: Today on the Nerd Outcast Podcast, we finally talk about Game of Thrones. I'm your host chris and like i mentioned just a moment ago we are going to talk finally about the george rr martin epic that is game of thrones um, i realized the finale aired a few weeks ago that was intentional mainly because i'm lazy and second because <laughs> i wanted to give a little time for the world to digest what i think we would all agree is a was a pop culture phenomenon um, so we're going to talk about the show we're going to talk about how the show ended we're going to compare it to the books and kind of see maybe, you know, just thoughts and feelings and maybe where where George R. R. Martin will go with his books and whether the show was the thing that we all think it was. I don't know. We're going to discuss many things. So, as is typical for my podcast, I have many people sitting here in the room with me. Sitting right across from me is... Hi,
1: I'm John Luce. Hi. I'm an L.A.-based comedy writer. Oh.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah. Um, Un- no one's employing me at the moment, but...
0: Well, then you, that's the, that's the thing, right? Like, then you are a right. Yeah,
1: so true. Anyone's, yeah, exactly. If anyone's listening and they ha- need a writer room filled, um, hi. I'm available.
0: Yay. I'm also available. John and I work in tandem, so you have to hire both of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. Thank you so much, John. Who else do I have sitting in the room with me?
2: Hey, this is Danny. I'm an actor, dancer, kids, teacher, I don't know, all kinds of things.
0: Hello, Danny. Perfect. And who else do
3: I have? Hello, my name is Andrew. I'm a Los Angeles-based nerd and Targaryen loyalist. Oh. Oh, oh
0: God, man. We're going to have many discussions. <laughs> there will be discussions. Uh, and who else?
4: Hey, I am Kitten McCreary, Los Angeles-based actress. Uh, oh, goddess of gore and queen of cruelty.
0: Nice. That's That works perfectly. That's very much my nerddom. <laughs> You would fit right in with Westeros. So. I would. Yes, you would. Um, perfect. Also, I have a gentleman, a friend of mine, all the way over in New York. What is your name, sir?
5: Hello, my name is Tom Brown. I'm an actor, singer, performer in New York City.
0: Ooh. Very nice, Tom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's dive right in. Um, so, uh, I guess I want to start with the big question first. Did... Did George R. R. Martin succeed? Did he succeed in what he set out to do? What do you all think he set out to do? Like, did, did Game of Thrones change fantasy books? Did it change television? Like, I'm just gonna toss that ball up in the air and, and see whoever wants to catch it. So, so many looks. <laughs> okay. um, I, I don't
4: know, like I I don't know if he was actually setting out to change anything in this, either for the realm of, like, fantasy literature or television. Because um, there's there's so many things in fantasy beyond clashes of kingdoms and dragons and all that, but he chose to, stu- to, to stick with that formula. And, mm-hmm. you know, he may have made it a bit more interesting because he didn't just give us, like, the hero's quest. Um, but... You know, and, and in doing that, did he give us something that's, you know, a little bit more interesting and things where people can be a bit more polarized? Yes, absolutely. Obviously, this is something that, you know, people are discussing and not just on nerdy podcasts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, there was a famous story that maybe two se- two seasons ago after Jon Snow had died. Spoiler town by the way. We're going to spoil the <laughs> entire show. Um, Barack Obama got a press like preview personal screening of the whole season. Um, you know, so he could go do his president thing. Um, so yeah, it's just that's very interesting. Uh, my other guests, what, what what does everybody else think? Like what's our thoughts here?
3: I'll jump in on that. Um, building on what Kitten said, I think what George R.R. Martin wanted to do was make the like a fantasy epic that's totally sweeping and keeps you on your toes, like you don't expect or the unexpected always happens. The shocking thing always happens in Game of Thrones. and I think actually, at the end, that actually happens. Like if you thought this was going to be a happy story, you weren't paying attention the entire time. It's Game of Thrones. People die. Thank left you, and Paris. right. Right.
0: Are you the Varus? <laughs> is he Varus? That's
3: like, actually um, Ramsey Bolton who says that oh. in the show. Oh. Oh, Which you. is apt. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um,
1: I don't know if he set out to do either of these things, but I think two things he accomplished. One was he created a, a fantasy series where really the fantasy elements are secondary to the... Human interactions and the, the mm. politics. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's very much a political uh, series. is more so than I'd say fantasy. Um, so I think in doing that, he was able to bring in more people that w- would normally pick up a sword and sorcery type book, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then the second thing he did, I think, succeed at was um, create a, a a kind of the, an anti Star Wars in that it's not about good and evil necessarily. It's everyone's good, everyone's evil. Mm-hmm. Um, even the worst people have redemption, except for maybe Ramsey Bolton. Um, <laughs> but like Cersei... Well, Joffrey, too. And Joffrey. Well, like, I mean, like Cersei is, especially in the books, is a very complex character. Um, and even the, someone as good and pure as Catelyn Stark has her, her issues, um, like her rejection of Jon Snow. So um, it, it, it's really, it's not an easy, like, good versus evil um, mm-hmm. dichotomy. It's, it's much more blended and gray.
0: Tom, take us out on this
5: question. Well, I mean, I I always got the impression that he started this book series because uh, he could not tell the stories he wanted to tell writing for television. Um, he needed he wanted to tell broader stories, maybe raunchier stories, and that was not what Beauty and the Beast wanted at the time. This is <laughs> I could be wrong about all this. But this is kind of the narrative that I had kind of come up with over the past 15 years that i've been reading these books um so it was like the 80s that with the first one dropped right
3: i think it was early 90s like 90s 90s, i think
5: okay um but yeah i started reading in 2005 so it's been a long 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 journey with the guy so anyway I, i mean did he achieve writing a story that he couldn't write on tv for sure did he change fantasy television absolutely I mean, the expectations are so high now for the next uh, fantasy television show. I don't know that he set out to do that. Because I mean, his original goal was probably not to stop writing the books and instead have a TV show be written about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think in some ways, this was not exactly the master plan.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, since we are kind of talking about two different things, I will ask kind of the loaded question, I guess, also. Um, taking the books off the table and kind of taking Martin a little bit away from the discussion, did the show and did Weiss and Benoff um, you know um, succeed as much as Martin did does that make sense? You know? in
5: different ways they're totally okay. different success stories like, are, I, yeah. I, I love yeah. the I books agree. because uh, I mean I hope we talk about the books that's why I, mm-hmm. I asked this because yeah. I, I, the storytelling of the book, the imperfect uh, narrator but you're jumping into every other character's head in All every right. chapter that was the first time I'd ever come across that in any book and uh, I loved it. I loved it because I was invested in characters so much more. Even a character that by the end of the first chapter you meet him, he's dying, and you are living out his death with him. I yeah. mean, that's powerful storytelling. It was hard. To, I mean, you can't really capture that on TV. So the TV show had to be cool because it was a full-fledged Lord of the Rings-level uh, budget TV show on HBO. I mean, that's what I think.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm my other guests
2: what was the question <laughs> I
0: don't know I got lost in uh, top people <laughs> answer in making <laughs> in, on... in
4: making the television show mm-hmm. did uh, did the directors and the writers say, did, right, D, did D&D fulfill yeah. yeah. their yeah. oh. oh. nicknames? Mm-hmm. did did their nickname. D&D achieve the things that they set out in the ways that Martin did.
2: I mean, I agree. I I think they're just two different things. So in the end, you really can't compare them anymore. Mm -hmm. The show has become its own, its own thing, its own journey. Mm
6: -hmm. And, Uh,
2: And I think anyone, you know, when making a television show, whether
4: it is something as like broad and sweeping and, you know, epic as Game of Thrones, or even just something like quiet and simple, say, like, Fleabag. Like, I think in making these, like everyone's hoping that they tell a story that their viewers connect to and continue to talk about after their storytelling is done. And in that case, yeah, they, they absolutely succeeded. Now, whether or not everybody is saying the things about it that they want them to be saying, mm-hmm. that's up for debate. But I personally feel like that's a measure of good storytelling that like if people are going to have heated arguments and Mm -hmm. write like long articles and treatises on, you know,
1: whether or not something (laughs) was good and bad or whether a character
4: Mm -hmm. like behaved in character for things.
5: Presidential candidates referencing them. Right. (laughs) I,
4: I mean that's that that's a measure of good storytelling. Because if it's something that you love to hate, Mm -hmm. and Lord knows enough of the internet is (laughs) loving to hate Game of Thrones, especially Mm -hmm. season eight, Mm -hmm. they've done their job.
0: Mm -hmm. John, you were about
1: to. Oh, I was just going to say, I think they succeeded in the way that George R.R. Martin succeeded in bringing in a lot of new people to the genre. I mean, for season eight, they had, literally bars would have viewing parties. Mm -hmm. And when like I saw a video where Arya, when she killed the Night King, like. The bar erupted like someone just won the Super Bowl. Like that—that's pretty insane. So (laughs) they—they succeeded. (laughs) They they succeeded on that front. Well, they—I don't think they succeeded in um, telling a great story. Ultimately, Mm. I think they really massively shit the bed um, (laughs) in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, Um, sure. But uh, as far as bringing people into the genre and creating something that's in the zeitgeist and um, is a f- cultural phenomenon, they definitely did. Um, I think. Can I jump real quick in end. there? I think if anything, George R. R. Martin's left
3: himself with nothing but advantage, <laughs> with <laughs> sure. two yeah. books to write and the show done, because exactly. now he's got all this feedback mm-hmm. about what actually happened and what was a good thing, what were good choices to make, what characters people loved. Mm-hmm and he can use all that and finish the books the way that he really wants to and
2: kind of going off of that I think that now he can see I think it's really a matter of time the writing at the end and how it was received I'm not sure in my opinion I think everybody did the thing that they should have done I think the characters followed their logical end um, but people were so upset because it was squeezed into such a short amount of time that we couldn't develop with those characters and follow that journey to the logical end. And that was
1: entirely D and D's decision. They were offered But it's
2: so much more than that. They
1: were offered ten seasons and they turned it down. They were offered offered ten episodes for season eight and they turned it down. But you gotta look at their
2: artistic Because they got their Star Wars
1: money and they just wanted to move on. (laughs) Honestly, they got their Star Wars money and they wanted to move on. I mean there's so
2: many other things there though because there there's a there's an amount of energy that it takes to do this show. I mean there's so many people, and uh, I mean, the, the documentary that was on Netflix. Did you guys watch that? I no, know. I
0: hear the documentary. Yeah. The the last. The one, last. I yeah, I mean, really and fantastic. it's not, not
2: that. It. It's debatable whether it's fantastic, but I think mm-hmm. it gives you an inside look at all the work that goes into making a show like this. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I I'm I'm a fan to the end. I'm diehard.
0: <laughs> um, why do you all think? You know, like Game of Thrones is going to be whispered whispered in the same breath as like you know, Mash and Cheers and Seinfeld and Friends. Like it's it's lost, lost, um, it's, Empty it's nest. Empty nest. <laughs> uh, Tony, Dan- Tony Danza. None of the show is just Tony Danza. Um, no. Yeah. So so like, why do you think, especially the show, um, caught on so much? Like what what? Why did it catch on? I mean, it's... it was about
5: characters. It was a deep dive into people's thinking and 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 there was no good guys and bad guys it was really unclear who was who was uh on the right side through the end yeah
2: yeah i think it has to do with how the book is written with all the different perspectives the Mm -hmm. show kind of was using that information Mm -hmm. yeah um, because george R. r martin set up those characters so well That yeah, everybody had a character that they could relate to, that they could find an in into the show.
1: I think also which
5: didn't exist for season six and seven. (laughs) I think
1: going off that, I think a huge part of what drew people in was the idea that anyone could die at any moment because they kill off their biggest character at that point, um, their largest star. Uh, ned stark yep uh, sean bean uh still
2: gives me chills (laughs) like
1: so i think it was like oh fuck you can anyone could die i gotta keep watching what's gonna happen who's gonna die next and i again i think it's a big element they lost in the last few seasons where um people's deaths were very um um telegraphed and it was not as surprising as like the red wedding or ned stark
4: Um, Well, I'm just sort of wondering as we dive into this, because it's it's been a little while since I've gotten to to be on the show here, so thanks for having me back. Uh, But usually the formula for Nerd Outcast podcast is that you have a whole bunch of people who are Mm -hmm. like nerds for Mm -hmm. it and in love with it, and you have one person who's like,
0: Man. yo i'm ready to tear the show apart all right um, sweet I, I was wondering because yeah, I, 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 i'm probably your outcast
4: awesome I, yeah. well i was wondering if it was like do we have a specific outcast in this or is or is everybody like straddling that line mm. so much in this that like everybody sort of has a foot in the outcast side where everyone's like Oh, it's good. Except, oh, it's good. But
2: for
0: that's mm. when I'm actually probably closer to the case. I'm sure we'll discover as we go through this discussion <laughs> today. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and again, like the show, the show and the books are going to elicit two very different responses. I even have a problem with the books actually, um, which I'm happy to bring up. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I know. Um, but I want to. I want to bring it back to something. Uh, you said John and this is kind of a question I want to pose to everybody Um, you were you were mentioning that it's like kind of a political thriller but also a fantasy Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel especially your enjoyment of maybe the show later on really determined really depended on what of those two things you liked more Mm -hmm. you know Um, and I remember reading an article maybe two years ago that you know as the White Walkers became more of a threat and all this stuff about the wall, and as the show kind of turned more into Lord of the Rings, some part of the fan base was really upset with that, you know, and they wanted more of the political machinations and whatnot. Um, so do you think the show, and to a lesser extent the books, succeeds in juggling these two things? Or or is one clearly the A-plot and one is clearly the maybe C-plot, you know? like? I I think they
5: knew. There was no direction at that point. They Mm -hmm. didn't know what it was supposed to be.
0: Well, uh, here's here's why I bring this up. Like, um, like If George R. R. Martin wanted to write a political thriller, he could have done that. He could have written something in a fake France, a a fake Europe, or whatever. But he decided to incorporate elements of fantasy into his show, Magic Dragons. I mean, the first scene in the book and the show is about the White Walkers. So to Martin, for some degree, I'm assuming those elements are important and he maybe has a plan for them so like do you think do you think the show did it you know like i feel i've only read the first three books so where i am in the books like so far the the show the book is succeeding but like ultimately you know especially with the white walker menace like one thing's gonna consume the other for sure you know and obviously the show decided to throw away the white walkers Mm -hmm. i would argue um, and focus a little more on the throne. So and there's more so, magic in the book. There is, yeah. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, that
2: you haven't gotten to yet, if you've only read to book three.
0: I read part of book four, but I fell off the train. <laughs> so. Book four is struggle. It's hard. You, gotta yep. animals, mm-hmm. you got to get through that. So, like, do you think the show and the book succeed in, in kind of straddling these dual places? I think
3: it's it's a it's a question of like plot structure mm-hmm. because as we were we were doing a rewatch of like everything recently and as you get to the the culmination of Storm of Swords with Tyrion and his dad and mm. Tyrion shoots Tywin and escapes mm. all the the plot is now no longer who's in control of Westeros we're not, con- we're not concerned with Starks versus Lannisters anymore, because it seems like the Starks are defeated. They kind of go away, and the plot's now... Can the Starks secure the north and secure their base and come up again? And it's everybody then moves to Daenerys in Essos, mm-hmm. and it's, we're not concerned with Essos versus Westeros at all until you get to the very end, when Daenerys comes back over. So it's no longer... Um, like a micro-political what's going on in Westeros. It's become macro, what's going to happen with everything, which is hard to do because it's much bigger at that point. Mm -hmm. And and when it's smaller and more directed, and basically when you have Tywin Lannister, who is the Machiavelli, it's more more interesting. Mm -hmm. And when Tyrion's trying to take that over, it becomes more lists, I think.
6: Hmm.
3: Which is where also sure D&D knows. picks up without uh, the George R. 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 Martin storyline to right. back them up. Right. So they got to figure it out on their own.
0: Supposedly, and we should put this on the table now, George R. 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 Martin did sit down with them and yep. give them a bullet, bullet list of points or a mm-hmm. list of bullet points of this happens, this happens, this happens. I don't know if they followed that. That's <laughs> what
5: we got. We got exactly uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah we, got, assuming, we got, we got, uh, we got the book. book. Yeah, we the got Thelmy's the bullet version. points. Yeah,
3: right. Yeah.
4: So, so like in the beginning of the series, they're like, great, we have these wonderful George R. R. Martin novels, we can base this off of. And then once right. they fell off the source material, it's like, well, we're writing from cliff notes.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But I'm just going to play devil's Show. advocate on that for a minute. I think that by then you've got these great group of actors that are already bringing life to the characters and are able to justify their actions for me, I mean, I, w- I thought the ending was justified. And, and I to- agree with you. Oh, I ahead,
5: agree Tom. with you. Those, the, it is justified and the characters and the actors are good enough to pull it off. I just feel like we could have had a lot more better dialogue reflective mm. of the season mm-hmm. to the point, mm-hmm. you know? I agree. Like, I mean, I don't know. Cersei, <laughs> Cersei could All have that died looking. in a much more awesome way. My Sandy could have died in a better way. Spoiler, alert. Also, <laughs> how Danny just can I just say real quick, what is triggering about everyone surrendering? Okay, like everything had gone great, and now she wins, the city surrenders, and that triggers the insanity. No,
2: I, no. She, oh, the, she's seeing her, her, her inheritance oh, right there above I, I, it all. See, there, there's the whole. Uh,
4: Which I, she I,
5: just won. She just I, won it.
2: But but the thing is, she so,
4: realized so, even if she won, because you have to realize, just a, so she a few it. a few nights before this happens. She's like she's come out and like they've defeated the White Walkers and everybody's happy and people are like, oh, we never would have been able to do this without her and all of her armies. And despite that, despite the fact that people are like, yes, we owe everything to all of the hard work that you've done. She has to sit there and listen to a conversation with Tormund and Jon Snow and a few other people being like, yeah, we totally owe her our asses. But it should be a dude on the throne, because look at all the great things
2: John did. She didn't win their love.
4: And, and, but it, it has nothing to do with like their love. It's the respect. It's the fact that no matter how hard she's worked, everything that she's done, everything that she's accomplished, all of these people who should be following her and giving their kingdoms to her and everything else are like, yeah, but we want a dick on the throne we don't want it, to, mean, be it to be a woman it needs to be a man agree with you i just so, feel
5: like you have to do a lot more headcanon than the show uh gives mm. credit for oh. like she they could have shown us a scene where she said all that stuff i mean and, yeah and she, didn't really she, she didn't really want to she
4: didn't want them to
2: surrender but she wanted a is, fight
4: yeah i but the thing is like i don't i don't think she went mad I don't think so either. I think it was a completely Mm. controlled and rational choice in which she looked at everything.
3: Yeah. But yeah, there's a difference between that and like burning down King's Landing or directly flying to the Red Keep and burning that down.
5: Her home, her ancestral home that her ancestors built. She burnt
1: it down. Why? This is what she wanted her entire life. Burn it down. Also, (laughs) if it was that easy, why didn't she do that four seasons ago? was that easy just take one dragon over to king's landing and burn the whole thing down why didn't you do that four seasons ago
2: because she had all these great advisors telling her not to do that and then they all died okay so (laughs) so, so. also
5: when john killed danny all the dothraki should have followed him true
2: that true that because they follow power
5: exactly um. although the person who killed their uh, last well yeah.
3: Grey Worm's like master of propaganda right there it's like
5: eh, we're not
1: gonna let anybody know about that
5: well we we, dr- <laughs> <laughs> we drifted off to the
0: political thriller fantasy discussion a little bit so, okay. Sorry. Sorry. that's okay that's alright one thing um, I do want to say
1: is um, there was they did a study and the amount of words per episode went way down over the mm-hmm. course of the series yep. especially after they left Dialogue, the source yeah, material yep um, so I think because that because they didn't have any ideas I guess to write it right they <laughs> hire a writer and there were so many important scenes that you did not see in season 8, especially like mm-hmm. um, sure. Arya and Sansa' reaction to Jon Snow yes. yeah. being a Targaryen. Like, so many things that you should have seen that yes. they did not show you because they just didn't know how to write it Why can't, yeah. to write it.
3: Why can't we have the conversation between Sansa and Tyrion that, a, that he is Aegon Targaryen on screen? Right. We just they get doing look at each screen. other in the eyes and then they're gone.
1: So I think that oh, so is... Depressing. That was one that was indicative of their their lack of, I think, overall direction. I think I agree that, that I don't disagree with, um, what happened to a lot of the characters. I disagree mm-hmm. with how they got there.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, let's since we're already kind of talking about characters and, and all that stuff. Let's just dive right into it. burns down King's Landing Ghostful, Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and, and her children um Not the and younglings. and and the younglings, I, oh, the the younglings. I would I would actually argue um from what I've seen in the show and what I've read in the books this is way out of character for her um
5: yeah it kind like, of totally is like
0: totally way like when when you when you were flat out like burning thousand million there's a million people in King's Landing according to Tyrion At least you know, at least 10,000 of them are probably are children.
5: Remember when the farmer brought his burnt-up child yes. to yes. Queen Daddy, yes. and she locked up her dragons because of great pity and... Anger. And that yes.
2: hurt her so much that she would never lock up her dragons or side with anyone other than her dragons again. I mean, that also could be a reason why she goes in this direction. Agree, you... I totally
5: agree. You should have been a show writer. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You I, are correct.
0: You I, are correct. I, I, the problem is, like, They want you to think you're watching Walter White, but they did not write Walter White. Um, Not at all. And I I would actually argue, again, only in the first three books, that she's not Walter White. And I don't know if Martin is going this way in the books. Maybe he is. And I I assume his skill as a writer will be far better. And having her point of view would certainly help.
4: Right. Um, But
0: I I still think, at least from what I've read and seen, it's just not in her character. I mean, it's, I, think I, 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 I think it is. I don't think it is. Really don't. I think
4: it is, and I think if we had had another six episodes mm-hmm. or another eight episodes to get there,
6: mm-hmm. like yes. I, think,
4: I was saying at the beginning, yeah. yeah, like I think I think we would have gotten there with For her. Sure. I mean, because For we sure. did see those points when you know she she's going to people and she's like, "All right, I I've earned this," so. Bend the, knee, bend the knee and the knee and they're like meh i don't wanna she's like fine <laughs> burning you alive
5: yeah mm-hmm.
2: done and no question always she, in the show even if you watch the show she always goes there she always goes to the most extreme violence that's what she wants yeah, yeah every enemy. time i would
0: i would concede that against and her enemies not against innocent someone talks children. her out of it
2: but it's not is it innocent children to her it, you have to look at it from her perspective I mean, you don't have to
0: but I, I see have, it from I her have perspective tried and I I I can't well, get She,
5: there is, she just burn Cersei straight away. I mean, she <laughs> <could> she... <have> <laughs> <just> <laughs> skipped <laughs> all the innocent people in the same just way straight to the castle.
2: I
4: know.
5: Because, yeah. but
4: because, because of... if it wasn't if it wasn't Cersei, it
2: would have been someone else. You're also looking at a whole group of people that are I mean what is King's Cowling Landing?
5: From your scary is it a good, dragon?
2: Is it a good city or is it like terrified
5: peasants of a scary dragon she's not (laughs) stupid they're terrified they see an army of dothraki and eunuchs at the gate but her perspective is
2: that of someone who rides dragons she is she sees a bigger world she can see it from above so she she sees king's landing as another city full of Scum, uh, scum and villainy, I don't know, however you want to put it. Yes,
3: as the Targaryen loyalist, like King's Landing is like, they those people rooted for Ned Stark to die, they stoned Cersei in the streets, like King's Landing was not a place anybody really
0: likes. The, the problem with Daenerys is for every instance <laughs> oh of cruelty, you can easily point out two other instances of not cruelty. But she was you being know? guided.
2: Guided by people Sir Bariston, guided by Jorah, guided sure, by Tyrion. I guided mean, by people she trusted I mean, so, so I
5: don't disagree with you. Like when she saw her brother get crowned with that molten gold, she, she didn't. She loved go, that shit. Was, and
0: so did was, I. Like, I'm, gonna counter, like, I'm, I'm gonna counter. about now I'm countering that point right now. Everyone always brings up her brother and is like, Look, she killed her own brother. Rapist. He was a rapist. Yeah. Yeah. He yes. tormented yes. her yes. for years. He was yes. the yeah. enemy. No, he was not a city full of innocent children, Anakin.
5: Yeah, but King's
2: Landing is a place where you've got um, all these brothels and everything and all these women being mistreated and it's it's also and a place of grossness she didn't do this in
0: Essos so how do you how do you validate that she, she didn't protected have
5: anyone the slave but not the peasants that's right. a little that's a little questionable like that's a fine hair to split
2: uh, It is but that's where she's coming from
1: I'll say I don't disagree with where she ended up like I do mm-hmm. think I agree too. Yeah, she, I think should, she could
5: have gone mad, and I could have got there emotionally.
1: I think it would have been more disappointing if she didn't go mad, and she has won the Iron Throne, and that was the end. That, <laughs> I think that was the expected, okay. obvious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was very clear. That, I think that she ha- should not have won the throne. Like mm-hmm. dramatically, like it just would not have been. Um, I think true to the world if she was just allowed to finish her job, and because nothing's that easy mm-hmm. in, in, right. in the Game of Thrones. Um, but I think, yeah, we just missed, I mean, even just an episode, I think, an extra episode of just <laughs> mm-hmm. seeing, I get, like, that having uh, Miss Andy die. Um, her
2: child die. Her, her
1: dragons die. Like, that's Which is that's going to have a big effect on her. But I think just two scenes of her being like, kiss me Jon Snow and Jon Snow being like, meh. Mm-hmm. Like, that to <laughs> me is not earned that moment. Right.
0: And even in those scenes, you know, he's there to kind of confront her about where she's going and they don't even touch on that yeah. like they kiss and then they cut away um and i will say i think yeah,
5: John Snow's no like, one is experienced enough to write a scene with dialogue so <laughs> <laughs> we just have
1: to imagine it for ourselves yeah i will say i love her far more than i love Jon snow i think he was especially towards the end a much i hated Jon snow um <laughs> uh, pouty pouty John Snow. Um, <laughs> again i i don't disagree that she went whether she went mad or not her trajectory I don't disagree with it I just didn't think it was earned
0: can I can yeah. I ask a question mm-hmm. to the group that I just want to kind of know right now why do you all not like Jon Snow like do you not like Kit Harington or like do you hate the character in the
6: books I, I or... like Jon Snow
5: I think um, it's the same problem we don't have the books with the you know the in the book you can hear what he's thinking you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a real problem bringing that sort of thing to the screen without like a Wonder Years voiceover. Which is <laughs> 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 great, by the oh
6: way. Oh my god, nobody to needs to do that to
1: sketch. With the game of the mm-hmm. With the group of friends that I watched the finale with, we made it. We were joking beforehand, like, how many times will Jon Snow say, but she's my queen? Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't actually think he was going to say it, but they ended up saying it like four times right. in the final episode. And it was just like, by the end, he was just.
2: He's had a rough love life, though, folks.
1: He was just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you see Seth did you see Seth Myers rip on that by the way? No. <laughs> like he he his his excuse was John was defending Danny because John knows if he has to kill his second girlfriend he'll never get a date again. Because <laughs> 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 this, this dude, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, I used to have a wife, yeah. but she died. And, you know, I used to have a girlfriend, <laughs> but she died. Yeah. He'll never date again. It was Seth Meyers.
1: I think stuff. it was just by the end, he just, things were happening around him and he was just mm-hmm. completely ineffectual, unable to do anything about it. He, he was unable to see the writing on the wall that was written in 37-inch yeah. font. Like, it was huge writing on the wall that he could not come to terms with. And mm-hmm. just kind of became an... an non-entity like he just didn't Do you yeah. like Kit Harrington? Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's a great well, actor. Yeah. He's very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I
2: think great it's hair. perfect casting. I mean
1: It is
3: perfect mm-hmm. casting.
1: And again, I think it comes
3: down to, you know, quality of writing because in books, I mean George R. R. Martin's dialogue and just just the the prose, everything is so thick mm-hmm. in in uh, foreshadowing and so plot much has and so many chapters things built. Too, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we have five books of wondering is Jon Snow Aegon Targaryen. And then we find out mm-hmm. he is revealed that through the show. And then nothing I mean, particularly kind of, yeah. happens with that. Mm-hmm. So it feels like wasted potential, which is like
0: kind of like Bran
3: which is like Bran is so bald. season 6, 7, and 8 it's all a whole <laughs> lot of wasted potential and wasted things Ooh, on these characters story. we've seen for six, seven, eight years now and it's just ugh that's it's how we a, that's how we finish until ugh. I
0: until I had watched the last episode all throughout season eight, I was convinced the only purpose of Bran Stark was to confirm Jon Snow's
3: heritage. exactly.
0: That was his whole
3: purpose <laughs>
0: in the story. I don't know what and the three-eyed raven I was
3: with you. I was with you
5: for some reason at the end.
0: Uh, we'll talk about the state of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kit and I feel like you were about to say something.
4: Um, oh, my hate for Jon Snow. So first off, do you
0: like Kit Harington? I love Kit Harington. Okay, and do you like Jon in the books?
4: I I fell off the books like partway through book 3 cuz life oh. got in the way. Okay. Um, but he, he I liked him more in the books than I do in the series, but still in the books he's very much the and and I I think this is on purpose. Um mm-hmm. that he's he is the pinnacle of white male privilege.
1: <laughs> yes. Even
4: though, sure. even though it's supposed to be like, oh, because he's like, you know, the bastard child and meh. But he's still given everything. He's still
0: treated with favor. He's, he's still like, the
3: rich Lord's son serving may at the hall. ask wall.
0: how he's like, couldn't you levy that more against Joffrey or... Varys or... Well, not Varys, but (laughs) Littlefinger. I I don't know why you singled him out specifically for that Um, title versus so many other characters in the (laughs) (laughs)
4: book. Because, I mean, it, it is something that is spread out across all of, like, so many of the other characters. But the other characters are more distinctly dislikable. I mean, to... I think comparing Jon Snow and Joffrey is perfect, hmm. but you're supposed to look at Joffrey and be like, what a sniveling little man child. Mm-hmm.
2: You aren't supposed to think that about Jon Snow, and I can't help but think it about him. But I think the difference is Jon doesn't want any of it. He's trying to deny that privilege the entire show. He just is right. getting it but he's forced on him. And- and that's that sort of redeemable kind of what else is a man supposed to do except deny his male privilege <laughs> like, try to deny his more. male privilege yes he can deny his male privilege
4: and he does again oh. and again he, he
3: bends the uh, knee he
2: he
4: does but uh, but i think that's one of the things like so often like and and just the fact that like character after character comes to him and is like yeah john you're so awesome and and so and so often you just see him like he just he just bites his lip and it's like well oh you want to make me the leader of this well oh you're gonna make me do this well he he never once just like stands up and goes no
2: I'm not gonna do it piss off like that never happens it's never like Except so and so leaves better. the wall. he's and he says my watch has ended and he leaves I after he dies, dies. And,
0: and he came back from or, death he yeah he comes route. back
4: from the dead. <laughs> But but I think that's I think that's why he gets on my nerves so much is like and 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 again I fully think that he is supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I think we see once we get to like the crowning of Bran, like when we have Tarion they there going like, Hey, you know what? This has been a, a system of privilege and it needs to not mm-hmm. be that. I do think that is martin's influence Mm
6: -hmm. in
4: in that moment i do think he wants to step forward and be like this is a system that doesn't work Mm
6: -hmm.
4: and john snow is the poster child of that shit not working
3: he is he is i mean he's the heir to a 300 year old reign of terror Mm -hmm. that decides to (laughs) reject it so that's fine. I but he only like becomes
2: think... the heir when we find out that he's Aegon. Before that, he has nothing. He, so I... he d- is straddling both sides between being a bastard and an outcast and having white male privilege.
1: I think that a difference between um, Jon Snow in the books and Jon Snow in the, especially the latter half of the series, um, I think he was, and I could be wrong, but my impression was always that he was designed as kind of a archetypical hero mm. type. Like he's the he's the young white guy hero. Right, the the brave, noble, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's in a world where that shit doesn't work. Like you were saying, kitten, like that Game of Thrones world is not run by those rules. So he's um, constantly coming up against these situations where his his honor and uh, sense of good doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't help anything. (laughs) It's it's Uh, almost
0: like he's um, one of the fantasy elements of the show. Yeah, you know, Um, especially (laughs) especially when you bring up like you know, the prince that is promised. Yeah. And maybe, I, I guess it was Arya? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um,
1: but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think by the end of the show, I think they still saw the him as the it? hero when right. he wasn't the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still tried to shoehorn him into being the hero and doing heroic things when that's just not the world that they, he existed in. And I think that's why I, I grew to really dislike him. Because, hmm. um, yeah, sorry. Because And all the... <laughs> Like Arya and Sansa were ten times more interesting. Yes. Um, especially. Yeah, to because him. they did things. Yeah. <laughs> they understood, understood the world.
5: the world happened to him and, and cry right. about it.
4: Yeah, and, and I guess the thing is, like, we're I don't think we're supposed to like Jon Snow.
5: I think I, I think Gurr wanted us to like him.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Ger? We're calling him Gurr the rest of the it's time. <laughs> <don't Ger. say. laughs> Ger. It's too much.
4: I, I think I think Ger wanted him to have a purpose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but being being like the being the hero was not it.
5: Hmm. Yeah, I got the impression Danny was getting set up to be the real heroine of mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, in the books. In right. The books. Right. And mm-hmm. I was all mm-hmm. aboard with that. Same.
0: Yeah, and especially her talk of like breaking the wheel, which ultimately yes. the wheel does get broken just yes. after we burn her, and her mercy children <laughs>
5: was what really drew uh, me to her yeah well, I ag- boy was I mistaken
0: I agree and does it, somebody remind me of this usually the show usually except for the season where John dies usually the show ends with Daenerys the last scene of every no. season is Daenerys no, oh, does right. the book does each book end with Daenerys' point no, of view no no okay but the big
5: remember. plot elements like the fire at the end of the book I think that is at the end of book one yes, mm-hmm. yes. yes. It is. but the that end is. of book two is the revelation that uh, Bran and uh, Rickon are not dead that's the mm. last chapter so you spend the entire entirety of book two uh, uh, thinking that they're dead it's book two right I think it's
1: book two
0: yes yes yeah. Does, yeah, that was
1: <laughs> traumatizing. does that one of them end with the moon door? Is that three? Oh,
5: That's three. Yeah. That's that, with three, Lysa falling yes. through? Yeah, that yes. ends yes. with the moon door. Yeah.
1: That, was, yeah. that was great. That was so good. My uh, my friend
3: nicknamed book three Four Weddings and a Hot Pie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty apt. I like that. Love, love
3: Hot Pie. Love Hot Pie. Uh, <laughs> um, mm.
0: I, I suppose we'll all agree on this pretty fast, but I mean... Since the show is over, I mean, we liked all the actors, right? Like Andrew, you mentioned the show was pretty perfectly cast. I would yeah. agree with your assessment. Yeah, I can't really think of. Yeah. I mean, I know Kit Harington came out. Had, this was his first role after acting school, which is like. Uh,
3: Same with Amelia Clark.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, oh, really? Aria. I thought she had been acting a while. Arya, yes. Maisie. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah pr- pretty um. much
4: all the all the Stark children. It was their like debut, mm-hmm. and now that like they're made. I mean. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Kit
4: Harrington's in rehab yes. now yes. Yes. that's how made he is for <laughs> yes. him I feel like after all these years of doing something like this he's like yeah, he needs did not, to tap out for a while which I completely respect well. no. um, yeah, he thought
1: he, thought he was the hero by the, reaction the one now. the one actor that I think was not correct for the show was Ed Sheeran <laughs> agreed
6: <laughs> agreed alright oh,
1: see the, this,
6: period, <laughs> just, <laughs> like, this is the point
4: where like we, we were watching the show with some friends at that point in time. Uh, friends were all considerably younger than I am, and when he came on the screen, they were like, "What?" And and I was blissfully ignorant. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm, and and so then when somebody like played me one of his like sort of like really rapey songs, I was like, "Oh God!" Like rape in pop culture. You're right. He's horrible. No.
3: Um, Perfect for so... Game of Thrones. <laughs>
5: That's how we got the job. Oh, uh,
4: the rapey balladeer.
5: <laughs> oh. oh and they could have just hired a writer to you know have to you're
0: just going to keep pinging that that I'm subject just saying the they had all the money in the said, world
5: right? 300 people
1: animate a direwolf. I mean I do want to give a special shout out though I think one of my favorite actors on the show was Lena Headey as um, mm. Cersei oh, I thought yes um, and I, part of the reason I'm mad at season 8 is because they mm-hmm. just underused her so much mm-hmm. but I think she was one of the she's one of the great villains of Pop culture mm-hmm. history i think and mm-hmm. she
0: yeah i mean god the show had so many people I, charles, I, dance charles, oh, charles dance too oh charles lady elena um walking uh, evil diana
1: uh, oh god yeah Riggs diana rig
5: um,
0: <laughs> obviously peter dinklage, <laughs> peter
5: dinklage. Amazing. Tarth is incredible yeah spindle yes. and christie oh, my yeah. god um
0: god there's so many good actors in this show yeah they're all fabulous. i mean they're all really great and they got it on the resume so i'm sure right. it'll be fine mean, and, <laughs> sure and, and this
4: is a show we have to admit like and for all of for all of the flaws that we find, and I think in that we're I think we're all pretty much on board, like the flaw is the writing,
6: mm-hmm.
4: like and their their rush to the end, like instead of taking the time to like let us reach those conclusions with them, they just sort of like shove that conclusion down our throat. <laughs> but but I think we can all look at this and say, like, this is a show that like it was an amazing cast, it was an astounding technical team.
6: I mean they did some brilliant
4: brilliant work and and HBO really like they took a leap with this Mm -hmm. and because this is not the kind of thing that really gets this kind of a budget for what was originally going to be a limited release series and then you know they expanded from that so Mm -hmm. you know seriously kudos to everybody involved in that and granted like they got like the fat stacks of cash now they don't need my yeah. kudos but I like think... it's it's a remarkably well made show mm-hmm. i and, was
1: hundred percent agree i was gonna say also, gonna also like it. there wouldn't be this level of disappointment if there wasn't um a Such level a of love, love yeah. Yeah. of yeah. the material of the show. Absolutely. Um, they set so, the bar high for themselves. Yeah, yeah, like no one, no one cares about the Bosch finale. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, does anyone know if it was good or bad? No one knows. No one cares. <laughs> like, we only care this much. And we're only having these discussions because of what those, how great of characters they were, how great, greatly they crafted the show, and the books were crafted very well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, that disappointment only exists because of how much we loved it. Um, yep, to
0: bring To bring it back to... That's a really great ending point, but I gotta keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it again oh, later. Just to talk about the ending, um, again, specifically. Um, so the wheel is broken and, and they pitched democracy and then they turned that down but then they pitched <laughs> pitch well, kind oh, of like not. I guess a pseudo republic democracy I don't know what you would call it An aristocracy I don't know it's kind of
5: like the Magna Carta that's <laughs> okay. kind of like what yeah, they ended did. up with.
0: Yeah, that's why I had you on Tom I wanted a Magna Carta reference thank <laughs> yeah. you so much so. Um, yeah so John I remember I got I got from you in all capital letters that you were not happy with King Brand? No, God no. Um, why are you not happy with King Brand?
1: To me, King Brand is like the compromise answer that's designed to make no one happy.
5: Um, mm. It's
1: like the to me, it's like uh, the president of France, Macron, like mm. like, yeah, I get why we had to pick him, but no one actually likes him, and he's not very good at his job. Like, I think Brand was just this like middle of the road. Um, safe, quote unquote, safe choice, Um, because they didn't want to upset people too much either way, I guess, is my guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think in trying not to disappoint anyone, you end up disappointing everyone, because you're not trying anything, I think, exceptional. Bran, he wasn't even in one season.
3: Right. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he literally did nothing the entire when Last he got season. back,
5: he was doing nothing, pretty much. Just he, didn't tell people real key, hard.
1: He, he didn't tell people key things when they needed to know it. Uh, he
0: has he yeah. met the three-eyed in the books?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think he's about to.
5: Okay. Or he yeah. did, for sure. I can't if, remember. Okay, I can't so the remember. Books not, the books have not yes.
0: enlightened he's, us a little yeah. bit more about No, he, he, he meets that. Okay. He does, okay. but he, I yeah, don't think he all gets so
1: far into his training. I think he's like the idea of like, oh, we need a wise bureaucracy that's what's going to solve all our problems. And I think yes. that's not what's going to solve Westeros' problems. It's going to take him so long to make every decision. Right. <laughs> and also, like... Staring. Blink, blink. The fact that the show totally gave up on Mira. Mm. She dragged his ass around on a sled. Oh, um, yeah. And then just disappears. Virgin. Yeah. yeah.
3: She, she got out at the right time,
1: maybe. I mean, yeah, good for her. That's but for sure. Yeah, she I, would have been killed in the Battle of Winterfell. Right. To me, I think it would have been more daring and more exciting, even if I'd hated the... Result if they went with someone like um, Sansa or someone like mm-hmm. um, uh, Tyrion or just a, a more bold choice, I think they went the very safe, boring choice.
0: Mm. I mean, I was like, when when Tyrion like points to Bran, it's like, you have stories. I was like,
1: as know, he's sitting it? between Arya and Sansa,
3: Worst ever. <laughs>
0: right? I was, I was, I like that happened, and I was like, Bran.
1: Yeah. Okay. What yeah, about that, the other people's stories uh, that, who were way more interesting
5: to watch? Choice. I know because I watched all their stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That Even line wasn't story. a good choice. Who has a better story
5: than? Bird? Yeah. I felt it was a, a, a
0: little sure. like, "Hey, you know stories, you know, because writers are great, you know." Great. I almost felt a little like self. I
5: love those lines.
4: It was. That, you know? that was absolutely the writers being like, "Hey, you know
2: who's important?
5: We writers. are." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Samwell. Yeah. Thank goodness <laughs> for him. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> okay,
2: can I take play devils advocate on please that advocate, a little bit though? Please, yeah. Because isn't the whole point of the story that all of these arguments that we're having, all of these, you know, uh, house battles and wars, that's all petty, right? Mm-hmm. So Bran is the only one that sees above it all because he's seen all of their history, everything. So he's he's the wisest. That that's why it makes sense for him to be the king in the end. So he doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're likable. Daenerys was likable. We all loved Daenerys. Everybody who met her fell in love with her and said so. But that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're beautiful or if you're likable. Does that make you uh, qualified to run a kingdom?
0: I agree with you. I yeah. just. I mean, Bran's basically a history book. They could have slapped a history book on a chair and have the same thing. But his capacity know? to remember and know oh, everything no, is agree. greater than I just anyone don't else. Knowing anything about his character. Like ever since I, He has no K. character I, anymore. Ryan, but that's the point. He has no like,
2: desire. He has no selfish desire because he really isn't a human being anymore. I'm, he's almost he's, a god in that sense. Like
5: weird
0: Charles. He Xavier will be
5: a good king school. for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure.
4: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I got. I got to say, like, I'm. I'm on board with Bran as mm-hmm. king because his his like magical knowledge of all things. And his complete ambivalence to leading mm-hmm. means he is the best option for a democracy, and like, and you see that in the last scene, like everybody's getting together, being like, "All right, we got to start getting stuff back together. Let's sort all this out." And Bran comes in, they're like, "Okay, so what now?" And Bran's like, "Y'all sort it, peace," mm-hmm. and he leaves. And and I sort of think that's, you know, that's what Westeros needs. It needs these committees to all like sort out their stuff and have that be fine. And and it's it's been a really long time since I've read the books. Um, but but correct me if I'm wrong, like Bran is not the first the broken as far as kings go. There was another one, right?
3: Yeah, I think and so You're so no wrong.
5: I don't recall. I think but you I guess, are right though. I, I don't know if it right was too. a brand the broken, but I think there was an <laughs> yeah. the and the broken.
4: The, yeah. So I mean, there wasn't another brand the broken, but there was yeah. another the broken who was who was also like testament is like they were one of the best kings because they were one of the most like even nature because they were the one of the ones who like understood suffering because they were like and so Bran is sort of the one who brings us the closest to. Coming from that life of privilege and nobility, but still having spent enough time absolutely entrenched with the common people. And, you know, and them being the ones who saved his life, them being the ones who guided him to using his gifts. And so he's the one who will be able to have sort of a more metered balance between them. And, and then I think we're also just gonna have to wait and see what happens if Bran figures out where Drogon went <laughs> I think Man, that's a, a thing what a great scene
5: to have been able to see uh, <laughs> right Bummer. so I've got a really like
3: long-winded uh, theory explanation towards all of this thing anyway that I wanted to share that right. so George R.R. R. Martin loves J.R.R. R. Tolkien grr. that's why the he grr. that's why he has grr got the ger because <laughs> he likes ger because he likes ger <laughs> okay, sure. so he's trying to for sure mirror I think the Lord of the Rings arc in that so yeah. in Westeros we have this imbalance of power of magic and you know, dragons and white walkers versus humans and the same thing's happening in Lord of the Rings it's elves and magic weapons versus the humans the men that are left and at the end you've got to balance it out magic white walkers and dragons are too powerful for existence in Westeros so they've got to go away and the same thing happens in Lord of the Rings. The elves and the weapons, they go away. So Bran is really the Aragorn of this story. Mm. He's spent a lot of time out in the wilderness, been amongst weird things and seen a lot of things, so that he comes back to civilization to make it calm again.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's what George R. R. Martin was trying to do.
0: No, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong in that assessment. I I think one thing that disappoints me about the show and maybe the books, if they go this way, is I'm sad to see the fantasy elements kind of go away. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love the dragons. I love the White Walkers. Exactly. The magic. Like, that's what really enticed me about the books, is it felt like it was a really solid political thriller, but then all this weird, really weird <laughs> shit was starting to happen. And it's like, how are these really logical, scheming people going to deal with all these strange fantasy elements? Um, and the books, like, are... Going in a direction with that, we'll see where they go if he lives. Um, but I was sad to see like the world kind of return to just normal s- scene. It right. reminded
2: me of yeah. uh, Avatar. The last Avenger. Oh, Airbender. I haven't seen it. I don't want to know. Oh, never mind. Don't say anything. No spoilers
0: there. One day I'll watch it. <laughs> I gotta do a podcast on it before I do.
1: I think the disappointing thing is like after all of this, after everything that's happened, we're back in the small council chamber and they're just like, man, we've got we need money for this got to fix this like it's just back to normal bureaucracy well we need and to it,
5: rebuild the whole houses
1: right like it, yep. nothing's actually changed if you think that bran is going to be significantly different than the, anyone who's come before him um i think it's kind of like that idea that being neutral is not going to you're not you're making a choice by being neutral I and mean, by him being overly neutral is going to get people killed because he's going to be overly pragmatic and overly cold about it. So I think the idea that he's going to be in any way hugely different than anyone that's come before is mistaken. Because the wheel didn't get it broken. The wheel's back to it turning the way it used to always turn.
5: Well, it got reshaped. It's no longer by descent. The, right. the lineage king it doesn't mm-hmm. get passed down from father to son. It's now elected by like the large families. So it's kind of like a republic.
2: So the large families are still inheriting, you know, their lands yes. and castles in that way. So that wheel Father is still sun, intact. Father but then the, the ruler is not necessarily. To
1: me, it's just not a huge enough change based on everything that's happened. Right. But as I said, it's mm-hmm. the Magna Carta. And that, that was the first step on the way to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a that little Magna too Carta soon reference. for democracy. Progress. For the
5: other Seriously. thing I want to bring up is yeah. the fact
1: that start, or the uh, the North breaks free. And then Dorne is just like, cool, like we're going to stay. Like no oh, one else decides right. to break free after the North declares that. their yeah. independence. Yeah, it, but the North has been through scattered. some shit. <laughs> that's what I would
0: I You know, like well, I would be much more <laughs> interested if all
1: show. of the regions broke off into their own. I'm mm-hmm.
0: just. I'm trying to figure out what Mira Reed does when she finds out that Bran is king. Oh my you know? shit! I would march, <laughs> <mark, mark,
1: laughs> the fucking sled down there. She's like you, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I your ass everywhere. <laughs> oh my god um
4: see i'm really hoping that the books will get to this point like in those last couple books mm -hmm. i want them to to reach the point where they're like they they go beyond the tv series Mm -hmm. like i want them to come up with like so y'all know how you said like angry angry gray worm here's some ships go to this land that we don't use anymore by now I totally want the Unsullied to come back and just, like, sack everything. And the whole cycle starts all over again as the Unsullied come in and take over, like, Westeros.
1: I I will say this. I would not be upset with Bran being on the throne if it was done in a way that wasn't just Tyrion being like, what about stories? <laughs> like, What about good <laughs> writers yeah. leading like... the world? Um, like, if that, again, I think it's... I don't just necessarily usually disagree with the way things ended. It's more how they
0: ended. Was there somebody that you were rooting for?
1: Well, to me, Sansa was the best oh, choice. Oh, Okay. Because um, yeah, she's the one who, I think, understood the game.
2: Because she's the only one there who's done the job? Thank you, mm-hmm. yes. But she's going to try to continue to play the game by the old rules. And we're trying to create a new game. I do think
0: that when Bran dies, the world is screwed. Like, I, I can imagine oh. they have like, Game of Thrones too, you know, and just <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, all the houses through. are warring, yeah. yeah. That's,
2: that's the story of human existence. I mean, it, it does keep going and on, and on,
5: on and on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what do you guys think if at the end, it, 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 Bran isn't alone in his room, and then the very last shot is him getting up out of the chair, he walks <laughs> the window, he looks down the barrel of the camera and says, and that's how you play the... Game of Thrones. <laughs> huh? yes. good, oh
6: my god! Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well well, well <laughs> done, good. Tom. Again, yeah. that's a great outpoint, but I gotta go a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanna I wanna um, turn to the books for just a little bit, uh, if that's all right. Um, and I I think the books are. Good. I don't think they're the best fantasy series I've read, but they're really high up there. But I do think I do think Martin has some problems in his writing. Like, I love his point of view stuff. that I've never seen that before, and that's really interesting to me. I hate his publishing schedule. Um, <laughs> well, that's you know,
5: inexcusable. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel, um, this was a question I posed when we were kind of looking at Game of Thrones a few years ago. Um, Somebody somebody once brought up, they were like, Game of Thrones is that show where, like, bad things happen to good people. And I would actually say it's not that. I would say Game of Thrones is a show where realistic things happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, they usually happen to good people, but they can also happen to bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show kind of zigs when you think it's going to zag. Um, but do you think there's a line that can be crossed? You know, like, Ned Stark dies and we're all, like, horrified. Um... The Red Wedding happens, which I would say in the show is far worse than it is in the book. Um, oh, yeah. But still. That's horrible your own lack event. of right. awful imagination. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: well, but his pregnant wife is not at the wedding. That's right, right. That's like she, I don't know.
5: When she saws through Jingle Bell's neck, that was pretty grim. Yeah, that is. The that, that's
2: the moment that I was Oh, yeah,
5: Jingle for. Bell's neck. That will, And you can hear the bells on his hat. I mean, no, no. That, that right. will stay with me to the day I die.
1: He's the the. Jester. Jester. Oh. The, yes, oh. the mentally mentally impaired jester oh, yes, capped yes. um, Frey child. Do
0: you think, and this actually got brought up against the show again in season six when when Ramsay Bolton starts basically just raping Oof. Sansa all the time. Um, do you think the show can go too far? Like, do you think do you think they're do you think everything's Some okay? Some people or do you said think there's... when they
5: killed Stannis's daughter, that was too far. Mm, that's,
0: mm. oh, that's oh yeah
5: that's that's rough. That's, yeah.
0: that's rough burning her alive yep. yeah yeah um yeah do you think the show can that's go too hard. far the books i mean like what, what if in you know like in the books like what if Arya gets like a horrible rapey scene you know or something like is there is there just a moment of too far for you as a reader do you think there's a moment where you can betray the reader um or whatnot what, what do you all think because the shock value so is something rough. that draws people to the show and to the books for sure correct um, but they're too far
2: I mean I just I can speak to one moment because we did just rewatch it recently um, the moment when Ramsey takes Sansa for the first time oh you got it they actually because that was very hard for me as a woman is whatever um But I think the show did that in the most tasteful way possible. I mean, if you really look at what, break it down the scene and what they show and what they don't show, you're looking at Theon in that scene. Mm -hmm. You're watching his reaction to the moment, which is awful. but I I think they leave out the actress actually being raped there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the character. Um,
5: like they learned their lesson when Jamie raped Cersei. Right,
2: that one was ago. the one that and crossed more lines for me. And, and that's yeah. and that's one that like I don't.
4: There is rape in the books, mm-hmm.
2: like plenty oh, yeah. of it. I did not read
4: it the same way. I, though. Did you read it the same way? Right. See, so that that scene in the book, like that was not. That there were a few. There were a few times in the show that they're like, "Oh no, we're just going to throw a rape scene in here." Like even the first time between Drogo and Khaleesi, uh, between yep. Drogo and Daenerys. Yeah, that definitely yep. too. I. Yeah. It's like it was not described in the book as you know. Daenerys weeps horribly as he does this to
2: her. Like that's that is not it makes you kind of question the love that kind of comes after that yeah it makes
5: you think maybe this is a male writer uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that is, I mean, and that that is
4: the thing because even even the scene with Jamie and Cersei, like in the show, it's like oh, this is gonna start as rape and then become consensual, which as woman is a huge thing. Like There's it's the whole it's it's the Gone with the Wind thing,
5: right? The 1950s. That I have a huge yeah. issue with. Yeah, a real shitty trope in Hollywood.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't. Again, I when I read the books, like, and those are things that I I remember from the books. I don't I don't remember them. As rape scenes,
3: I do remember them in the books being more uh, addressing her age. Like it is more apparent she is thirteen years old in oh, the books. Yeah,
4: so. yeah, and and so it's know, rape
5: anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so, it's not great.
4: Well, and and Amelia Clark is not the original actress right. yeah. from this. Um, but but just going to the books. Um, I mean, I think in television, yeah, it's it's easy to go too far um and and, <laughs> and i think
6: too far oh
4: um, yeah, in, in on television and movies like i i think it is easy to go too far because we we don't have the buffer of you know our our own mental images of being like this is what this is how you know this is going to be seen like things are just thrust at you
6: mm-hmm.
5: In, yeah, honestly, um, the book is very casual about rape. In every battle scene, there is rape. I mean, right. casually tossed in, and, like because it's just what happens, I guess, when people get into a a, a bloody fight. They just start raping people.
4: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and
4: I mean, and and rape is unfortunately like it's it is very common in times of war. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and I have no problem with Martin not shying away from that. Um, and, you know, and and there is the fact that like, you know, Martin's made it, you know, his his structures are very much like there's no one's the villain in their own story. And because of the way he shifts the perspective of the storytelling, like, you know, when people are going in and doing stuff, like they're not, they're not doing this as bad people. They're not doing this as villains. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I am great with that. And I think in some way it makes it even, even things that are truly horrible things that happen, you never really feel like stuff is going too far because from the character's perspective, they're not walking into it being like, well, going to go do this horrible rape thing now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not it. It's the, like, you know, I am, th- this is, this is an act of power. I am the person who has taken power in this moment. So this is
0: this thing that I do. I think he wisely chose not to write, like, Joffrey's point of view. <laughs> right. Um, no, oh, yeah. he couldn't. I get it. Right. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to get a Cal Drogo point of view.
5: <laughs> One of my favorite chapters is the first Cersei's chapter like yes. up to that point it was like four books and you never got her chapter and then mm. that first chapter it changed my whole opinion of the character just like in the show you suddenly start liking her
2: that's like with Jamie too right yeah,
1: yeah. Once you get absolutely Jamie's I think also um, and I'm not going to be eloquent about this um, I think there's just a, a, a fundamental difference between written word and um, what you depict visually on screen so I think um, you, some of the things that maybe were depicted in the books, like the like the battle, uh, the rapes um, during war, like that, that is a fact of war, We all know that, but um, you have to be careful what you put on, you depict on screen, like you were saying with mm-hmm. um, Sansa scene showing it through Theon's yes. reactions, like because I think it's just se- sexual violence is very, very different than just gore. Yeah. right mm-hmm. um, so I think sometimes the show lost sight of that and they thought cause I remember after that scene with Jamie and Cersei the showrunners were like oh I think it was one of the best things we've ever done before the reaction came out and it was like oh yeah. uh, guys <laughs> uh, guys <laughs> um, so I think I think they lost sight of that from time to time of like there's a difference between again gore and sexual violence and what you show visually is going to trigger people in a lot of different ways than what they might read in a passage true
0: yeah, and then, I mean, you see, like as the show goes on, they back off on the nudity, they back off on the whorehouses, yeah. you know. Right. They well, probably... Well, they got their
1: contracts. So, yeah. Wow. yeah. Well,
4: I mean, and and they also were were writing the show; they were going through development. Like in, in the beginning, when they're like all the boobs and all the right. rape and all of this to get people on board, and, and then the right. Me Too movement <laughs> happened. Exactly. Me Too. No, yeah. And and I think the Me Too movement. Seriously affected the trajectory of the show exactly. as far as as far as the style of it, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah in in the differences of like having having just the words on the page and having something that's visualized like you know these are these are actors these are these are people do do we know that you know uh, Amelia Clark is not actually being raped yes we know this but it doesn't change the fact that we are watching person sob as we are given this depiction of them being forcibly raped mm-hmm. like as opposed to passively yeah um but yeah like it's it, it's there um and you know so that that is a thing that's it's very easy to take too far and i think the show did take things too far repeatedly um and they got backlash for that and i think in later seasons they Learned from their mistakes, and they dialed some of that back.
0: Um, just to bring it back to kind of like the narrative shocks, um, like if Martin ends the books with like the White Walkers winning, you know, and he sits on the throne or whatever, <laughs> um, like would you would you as a reader be like, God damn it, I invested seven years, seven books or whatever, blah blah blah, or, or do you think there is no line there that he could cross? Well, that's what I thought
2: was the ending.
0: You thought that was going to be the ending?
2: uh, We we both.
0: We
1: both thought that. (laughs) They were the good guys.
2: We thought that the White Walkers were going to end end the
1: whole thing. They should have, really. I hope in the books they at least get to King's Landing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) As cool as it was to see Arya kill the Night King.
0: Yeah, the threat.
1: threat Because
3: It seemed like the real story was, look at all these humans wasting their time fighting each other. Here comes the real problem from the north. Right.
4: Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if, like, the dragons and the white walkers just inadvertently, like, take out all the humans right. and then what's left in the world is, like, nothing it's but a the magical
3: song creatures? Of ice
1: and fire. Yeah,
3: it that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That's all the that's Or, left. like, world.
1: I mean, how cool would it a scene uh, between Danny and Cersei have been if they had to, like, actually be in the same room and um, debate and, like, yeah. Argue over how to deal with the oncoming White Walkers. Like,
0: mm-hmm. I really thought Martin was using the White Walkers as a, um, as kind of a, uh, a metaphor for uh, climate change, you know, or whatever you <laughs> want to put on yeah. it. Yeah. No, the I thought Death it was too. Star, I don't know. Kind but, of. You know, um, but I guess we hopefully we'll solve climate change. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. stabbing <he> was... <laughs> it in the chest. <laughs> yes.
1: Which, did anyone see that 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 move that she does was done in. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham Lincoln, Fire, vampire hunter, or something right. like that. <laughs> right. Yeah.
4: An- another. I've like almost, like that almost shot movie. by shot, the same the thing. Movie, yeah. See that that was a much better book than movie, much like, <laughs> much like Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see here. We're over the hour mark, and I'm, we slowly have to wrap this up. Um, so, is there anything we haven't touched on that people want to talk about? You know.
3: Yes. I wanted to throw out there. You had you had a question on your little preparation <laughs> sheet. Yeah. Favorite characters and why? Yes. yes. That's a heavy thing, so my most my that? most satisfying ca- character depiction and arc, Jorah Mormont. Mm. Yes. He goes from being somebody who's lusting over Danny to being her faithful servant, he goes out to redeem himself. He goes
0: it's through scary. the
3: most painful process of getting his corrupted flesh cut off and then coming back to being her shield mm-hmm. when she needs him the most
0: also great acting by and great him.
3: acting great portrayal mm-hmm. ian glenn was perfect
0: mm-hmm. great My did favorite. a lot
2: of his own stunts <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh what about everybody else favorite, favorite i
2: love Tyrion. i love Arya. i mean yeah i, I don't really think i need a test Talk about how awesome those characters are. Tyrion is like the—he's um, like the lifeblood of the show for me. Like he's the one that I keep coming back for. He's—he's he's the one that seems to have it figured out. He has a plan. He's got the greatest good in mind. Yeah, he's doing his best. <laughs> and then Arya's just a badass, right?
0: Yeah, to bring it to Tyrion, like even—even even though season eight had some very bad writing fails, I would say. Generally speaking, I felt Peter Dinklage's monologues were great. You know, like he's just, he's just, he gets so much. Like when he finds their bodies, I don't know how he does that, but when he <laughs> uh, finds their bodies, like him, yeah. like picking the rocks up, spoiler town, and like <laughs> just not, he's just great.
1: Peter I thought Dinklage that whole thing collapsed, it was just like a couple of bricks fell <laughs> I one step to the right. <laughs> right? <laughs> you
4: just stepped over there You would have been fine. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh
5: we're
1: fine. Um I mean I, I love Arya and Sansa. I think Sansa is probably my favorite of the um Oh, sorry. Uh my favorite of the uh, major characters mm-hmm. just because of the 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 length she goes without um uh like Arya literally travels the world and Changes herself. Sansa doesn't go as far, but she goes. Am I making any sense? Like she is th- inward journey. She, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Like <laughs> she, she doesn't go as far geographically. She's mostly around Winterfell, mm-hmm. but like her growth is amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, but of the smaller characters, which are often my favorite, uh, Lady Olenna is um, mm-hmm. probably my favorite character on TV of the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the. Like, I think I love her so much because she knows the game so well. Mm-hmm. And she is. She, she can read everyone's book in a second. Like she knows what everyone's deal is right away, and can cut them down to size. Like I just love that.
5: Yeah.
1: And Diana Regg is an amazing actress.
5: <laughs> I love that she confesses to murdering. It was that was one of
1: probably my favorite death. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah I, I think as far as like just the overall the actors in the roles, of course, like. Maisie Williams all day long. I think it was an amazing thing getting to watch her grow up on screen like Mm -hmm. I mean we watch her like character and actress like fully develop through this which which was amazing and find these like these strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's for her both on screen and off. Uh, as but again as far as just like characters in the world John I'm with you Elena is my absolute favorite she she's the one who like she's just together and dignified and like on it and I also think she's the one who has she was given the sentence both in the books and on screen that I think really encapsulates the balance of this world and the reason why people fell in love with it so much in the whole like nobody's good and nobody's bad everybody's just doing their thing because when they gave her i did unspeakable things to protect my family or watch them being done on my orders i never lost a night's sleep over them they were necessary and whatever i imagined necessary for the safety of house tyrell i did that is everything she's mm-hmm. like she's like yeah i did some horrible things because they had to be done Mm-hmm. And that is, that is the brilliance of the world that Martin created. I love
1: that quote. That's amazing.
2: That also reminds me of Charles Dance. I mean, he was also yeah. brilliant in the same way <laughs> that Olana is because he's brilliant. He knows the game. He has the greatest lines. And then, yeah, when Tyrion kills him, it's and, awesome. And
0: just to bring it to Charles Dance, like when he has scenes with Lady Olena, and it's not very often. And I think they only have like two or three mm-hmm. scenes together at the yeah. most. Oh, like those so... two actors just... Sitting yeah. Talking is just like oh my god. I mean,
4: and oh, and Diana so Rigg was great. like one of my first ever crushes, so
3: <laughs> you know that doesn't hurt. She was one of George doesn't R. Martin's hurt. first ever crushes, too, which is why he's so excited to get her. I will fight him for her. Tom,
0: what about you? Who's who's one of your favorite characters? Or
5: characters? Well, I think Arya for sure is one. I mean, she's got to be one of my favorite characters. Um, for all the reasons you guys said, her journey is incredible. Um, her, like, going back towards the wall in secret after watching her father get beheaded in Kin's Landing. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Her, uh, some of the best chapters in the book are those chapters, like, her getting away and, like, uh, Harrenhal, ending up in Harrenhal. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the chapters that, it's the chapter that she meets Jaqen? Right. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and he's chained up with those other two prisoners, and then a war breaks out, and she somehow escapes underneath their thing and like through a tunnel. I don't know if you guys remember, um, but the end of the chapter it talks about. George R. R. Martin loves to talk about the smells of things going on. <laughs> yes, and especially around war and fighting. Lots of fecal smells end up in the in the descriptions, but this particular description is like. I don't know. It was like smelling of shit and piss and hell. And it was like <laughs> it was something like right behind her like exploded and pushed her through this tunnel. I don't know. It was just some of my favorite chapters were watching Arya go through her journey. Um, and then I guess, yeah, Brienne of Tarth is mm-hmm. like, one of my uh, uh, other favorite characters, yes. for sure. Yeah, I think Brienne
2: and the Hound are both mm-hmm. notable, too. Mm-hmm. These two are great watching them uh, fight mm-hmm. on screen, too.
4: I really kind of wanted the two of them to end up together. <laughs> right? Like, that would have been
2: awesome.
5: Yeah, oh my God. that would have been cool. Yeah. I like her ending. I mean, I, w- I like that she did fill in jamie's page when i realized why she was doing it it means that she's the lord commander because right. that's the lord commander's job exactly. to do that but i did not um, need
4: to see what she was writing oh my god that was such a horrible and and honestly, please let that ink dry job.
2: that's exactly what i said <laughs> oh my some salt god. On that. because yeah. you know what charles Thank dance does it, when he's when he's Puts writing the something he it. throws the, the salt yeah. on the right. ink and he goes through he everything really uh Specifically. Yes. And then she just kind of closed. The yeah.
6: and
4: said, no. it's, it ruined no, that book.
5: Smudged it. She just
4: smudged.
5: And she no. could have wrote her own
1: page. Damn it. Right. Like, yeah. It was also her job. Uh, one character who's not really in the show. He's in the show, I think, but barely used. But I think is a great character in the book is Wyman Manderley the Lord of White Harbor. He's the oh, really yeah. enormous, enormous. Yeah, the big walrus guy. Yeah, the yes. big walrus guy. Yep. He's a great character yes. in the book that mm-hmm. didn't quite translate into the show, but um, I just wanted to give a shout out to him. Oh, <laughs> I, I love Lady you. Stoneheart is, if we're talking yes, about characters. character. Yes, yeah. we need to talk about, about her.
0: Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Not used not at all. No, what at
2: all. will happen with her, and what will happen with that damn horn? <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> yep. 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 Which horn? There's two
5: horns. Exactly. Oh, right yes. there are two horns. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'd love to give a shout out to Varys yes. um, he was uh, a yes. character who I just didn't know where to feel about him for a long time and like they really dole him out in like tiny little pieces and as you like start learning more and more about it I really just freaking loved that character. Brilliant That scene with yeah. him
2: and Tyrion when he's describing his his history yes. and his past it's
0: Mm-hmm. very good like very the sorcerer strong. who like Oh, yeah. It was mm-hmm. while he him. Unboxing
2: Cut the him. sorcerer? Yes. <laughs> <On> the <laughs> unveiling of the sorcerer,
1: yes. Yeah. You're kind of opposite to like Arya and Sansa. What I love about his character is that he remains so steadfast. Like, he's always, mm-hmm. he always has the, the realm in, the, in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, he's yeah. going to do whatever it takes. And that, that takes different shapes of what he does and who he aligns with. But he's mm-hmm. always, he's, in the end, you realize he was always doing what was best for the, mm-hmm. the world and the mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And he was right. And he was right. <laughs> he was always right. He was yeah. always
0: right. And I know we've we've been digging on the shortcomings of season eight. Uh, I would like to give a shout out. In the early part of the show, there are many instances where Weiss and Ben Offer, the show writers, deviated from the books and added material that we did not see. Like there's a scene between Cersei and Robert Baratheon about their marriage mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. not in the books that mm-hmm. is so fascinating. It's very good. Yes. Um, Arya being at Harrenhal... With Tywin, uh, and kind of being around Tywin is not in the books, but it's kind of like, well, he could have been there, so let's put him there.
5: Um, so they did Sansa's add some journey. things. Sansa's journey, we yeah. don't know
2: where she is in the books, but her journey with Ramsay being married to him—that's not in the books.
5: No, she's married. He's married to some other girl yeah. who they're oh, pretending is Arya. friend. Aria. Yeah, Holly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So? I don't know. Jenny
3: Payne or Jenny, Jenny Payne. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Jane, Jane. So Sansa's
2: story must have been. Heavily influenced by the show writers,
5: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
3: I'm just guessing. Yeah, Sansa in the book is still in the veil, walking around with Littlefinger mm-hmm. and one of Robert Barathees. Ma- making sailish snow castles. is an amazing character.
5: Didn't, yes. uh, didn't they send yeah. Mance Raider in disguise?
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Lord of Bones, yeah. Don't get yeah. me started. Because it's, it's very possible <laughs> that
3: Mance Raider in the books is actually Rhaegar Targaryen. He's Targaryen. my, uh, my favorite here. He loved of all. to
6: sing.
2: Because when John
3: walks into Mance Raider's tent for the very first time, somebody's yep. singing the Dornish Man's wife.
2: He's there in Winterfell. Yep.
3: hmm There's, there's mm-hmm. Mance Rader's, uh child, which is actually the child Swapped Gilly and Sam are carrying around in the books. Like, Mance Raider is a huge character in the books that is still alive and walking around.
0: Yes. It's also a great name. Yes. Mance Raider. The Adventures of Mance and Son. <laughs> <laughs> um... So we need to wrap this up. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on the show. Final thoughts on the books. Where do you hope the books end up? I mean, I'm satisfied.
2: That's just what I want to say. I mean, yeah. There was a lot that happened this last season and a lot that could have been different. But overall, I think they did well. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad of where it is. I'm excited to see where the books go, but I'm not holding out hope for that. (laughs)
5: <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure they'll
2: ever be written.
5: I don't think so, <laughs>
6: either.
1: The books are one of, some of my favorite books I've ever read. They're, I love mm-hmm. them very much. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens next. Even if um, I don't ultimately like where, if Gurr gets his book shit together and gets his books out, um, if I don't like where they go, I still think they're an incredible achievement. Um, and even as much as I've been ragging on season eight, they're, they, I, I think you said earlier, or maybe I can't remember who said it, but someone said that it was like the craft that went into the show was yeah. really, really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, there was some beautiful things in season eight. Um, one thing we didn't mention was I, I loved everything they did with Melisandre. Yes. Um, I thought that was really, really well done. Um, that, that whole battle sequence when I fall was gorgeous. Um, so uh, again, I go back to my point that I said earlier that you said we should end on, um, so I'm just gonna <laughs> repeat it. Um, we wouldn't have this level of disappointment if we didn't love the books or, and love the show and love the characters. So
4: You can only be hurt if you care.
1: You're right. Thank yeah. you. You can only be hurt <laughs> if you care. That's a much better way of saying it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and and I care and know. I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so hurt. No. Yeah. I, I'm one that went through season eight at the end and, and definitely was dissatisfied, angry, upset. I, I, I had just, to talk him through She had a to talk bit. me down off the ledge. And <laughs> I just realized, exactly, I was just going through the, you know, stages of grief, the thing was (laughs) over. So I think if, you know, if you're somebody who's watched it once and was dissatisfied, watch the episodes again and you'll see there is a sense of, you know, why these things happened. Just watch it twice. That's all. And you'll get there.
4: Um, I am, I am happy that this exists for us, both the books and the television show. Um, and I think that like any, any art that is out there, like it's, it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be flaws. There's going to be things that, you know, we disagree with on some level. And I think that's fine. I think that's good. It makes us think about it. It makes us talk about it. It makes other artists look at things and be like, I liked that, but I think I can do it better and strive to put similar but still interesting things into the world and i think we owe a lot to georgia r, r. martin and to hbo and to D for going to these efforts
2: mm-hmm.
4: um to to do this
2: they really did um, put their whole heart into it they,
4: they did it was great um and and i'm glad that like this that the television show has created such a nice precedence for being able to create these things and for production houses to look at it and be like, hey, we can put a lot of money into epic fantasy things because people will will watch them and we will make our money back mm-hmm. um, And I think that's good for nerddom in general <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and I think it's good for all types of storytelling to be able to look at what George R. R. Martin did and be like you don't you don't have to have a story that's specifically, good guy bad guy you can have people who are both protagonists and antagonists in the same story and i think if more people read these and study them and learn from them we're looking at hopefully further generations of better storytelling
0: please tom you You have to top that somehow. No, I I just
5: gotta say I agree with everything you guys have said to this point. I mean, the books are some of my favorite. After Harry Potter, those were the next set of books that I was like, okay, I'm 100% in on these books now, and I loved them. the, yeah, the imperfect narrator voice hopping around amongst the characters was so cool to me. I had never experienced that, and, I, and it was so satisfying because I immediately loved all of these people. Um, the show, like you guys said, is a triumph. I mean, not just this season. Some of the battle scenes in last season were... Uh, record making like the things they accomplished and the things that they created i w- was blown away by some of those uh, battle scenes and yeah the battle of winterfell was was incredible i loved it i was 100% in on that whole episode loved it um yeah all my complaints i've said them but yeah i, I up to uh, up to what the show uh was trying to do, to accomplish i think it pretty much succeeded
0: and on that note, we should bring this discussion to a close. Um, real quick, friends, uh, let's go around the room and 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 where can people where can people find you and follow you and all that fun stuff. want uh, to To send you angry nerd mail.
1: Oh, uh, you can go to my website, John Loose Comedy. My last name's L O O S. Uh, and that's where all my updates are. I'm starting actually my own podcast uh, <gasps> called Gayest Movie Ever. It's a gay movie <laughs> podcast where we celebrate oh, gay movies. Because what? Uh, what better way to capture the imagination of people than a podcast? <laughs> right, Tyrion? Uh, so, yeah, you can, uh, there'll be more info on my website about that soon.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, Danny, what about you?
2: Um, you can find me on Facebook if you want. My name is Danielle Liebens. Ooh.
0: <laughs> it's out there. They're gonna find her now.
2: Is the oo in there? Is that like? I put the oo
3: in. <laughs> um, best place to catch me is Instagram and Babcock, A N D B A B C O C K.
4: Um, yeah, uh, you can catch me on the Grams. That's what that the kids right. are calling it these days, right? Oh, yeah. uh, K. McCreary underscore actress. Good luck spelling that. Um, and. Uh, Yeah, you can also start keeping an eye out. I'm heading into production soon for Confessions of a Teenage Satanist, Uh, which that's, I don't know, y'all. It's, I think it's going to be so bad. It's good. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, keep keep an eye out for that probably in a year or so.
0: Tom, what about you?
5: um hey guys check me out on twitter i never post anything t-h-o-m-b-r-o-w-n-3 and i mean if you're in new york city come see me in a show next month wait this month <laughs> it's on the 23rd we open at the players nope the actors temple that's when it opens
4: and, and it's june of 2019 so whenever y'all are listening to this like Scale your timelines appropriately. Yeah.
5: And if if you miss 2019. Yeah. If you miss all these things, you can always
0: read the reviews of Tom's shows. Yes. Yes. In
5: six months, when this comes out, uh, hopefully you'll have. uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Perfect. Uh, As always, uh, I do take, uh, you know, if you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions, you can always email those to nerdoutcastpodcast at gmail.com. This has been a big year for nerds. We just had our. Uh, MCU kind of come to a close with their Infinity Saga to some degree. Game of Thrones is has wrapped up. Star Wars is going to wrap up later this year, at least Skywalker Saga. Um, so it's kind of been a big year for nerds. So we've got a lot of fun topics coming up uh, later that hopefully everybody will check out.
1: So, empty Nest. Good
0: omens. Empty Nest. <laughs> Good Omens. Oh, yes, there is a Good Omens podcast in the works. It will happen as soon as I sit down and read that book. Um, <laughs> but they will happen this year, so be on the lookout for that. Um, friends, thank you so much for coming out and Thanks for, having. With Thanks for having me about Game us, of Thrones. So much fun. Um, I've been your host, Chris Bashan, and chatting with me about Game of Thrones has been... John Luce.
2: Danielle Liebens.
0: Andrew Babcock.
2: Kitten McCreary.
5: Tom Brown.
0: Thank you, and have a good evening. <laughs> for the throne. Long live Westeros.
5: Now a night of rest. Winter happens. Winter, 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 winter
0: happens. You know wiener, nothing,
6: John Stone. Wiener, wiener, wiener.